everybody, welcome to episode 112 of the Sales and Presentation Podcast. Now on this week's podcast, it's the first time I've any anybody on at all talking about space. So Andy Williams is a space professional. In fact, that's what his company is called, Space Professionals. He's also doing some work with the European Space Agency. So if you've thought about how, or if you've ever thought about how your business could benefit from space, or you could set up a business that links and works with space, then this is the podcast for you. So enjoy the podcast with Andy. Okay, so I'm with Andy Williams. Welcome to the show, Andy. Thank you. Hi, Trevor. And how's your running, Andy? That's the really important bit I need to ask you, because you and I oh, are supposed I... to be doing the... <laughs> 22 miles each as a relay of two in the classic quarter this year, which is clearly off. But how's you running anyway? Yeah, well, it's it's slowly but surely getting back 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 in there. I mean, I got injured back uh, last year in October, which was really frustrating. And so it's been a slow journey back to recovery. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm basically getting back there now. I've started running a bit more now uh, with a few little bits and bobs. But yeah, it's it's okay. I'm uh, I'm getting there. I'm I'm sort of, I know it's bad, but I'm sort of okay with the fact that the Classic Quarter has been uh, cancelled this year because uh, I, there's no way I would have done it. So you'd have had to find another another buddy to partner up with because I don't think I would have been able to run that far because I just haven't been running that distance. Uh, you know, so I think by June I would never have made it. So, uh, so yeah, next year definitely I'll have a crack at it. But yeah, have sort of okay that it's not going ahead. Okay. okay, well, I, I've got a feeling that none of us are going to be doing much uh, competitive running this year at all. So uh, it's all going to be out there on our own. Now, talking of being out there, of course, um, you are a guy who's in the space industry. And um, it's great to have someone in the space industry on the show. We've never had a space person on the show before, I don't think. So, uh, Andy, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and, um, and then just, you know, talk about what, what you want to share on the podcast, really? Yeah. Okay. So, so um, yeah, I'm I'm a, a space cadet, as I like to call it. So I've been working in, in the space industry since I since I graduated. So um, yeah. So let's go back to the heady heights of the mid '90s, and I, uh, I I graduated with a maths degree, and then I went on and did a master's degree in astronautics and space engineering in Cranfield. And then uh, off the back end of that, I, I got a job with a company and they shipped me out to Germany to a place called Darmstadt, which is near Frankfurt in Germany. And I, and I worked out there um, in the space industry, mainly to do with uh, satellite operations and, and ground segment systems. So all the systems that are used on the ground to operate the satellites. I went out there to Darmstadt in Germany for, for three months back in uh, late 94. Um, I ended up spending 21 years there. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know what it was. I, I enjoyed the, the German beer and the German sausage. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it was a good environment to work in. It was a, a lot of uh, different nationalities I was working with. I was working with the, the European Space Agency and other organizations. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed my time there. And, and finally, 2015 came and uh, myself and my wife and the children, we all decided to, to, to move back to the UK. So, uh, so I've been back in the UK uh, for four and a bit years now. It, God, it's flown past. Incredible. I mean, uh, yeah, we've, we've seen a few things happen in the time since I've come back with Brexit and now, and now COVID. It's just madness. So, but yeah, so I, um, I came back in 2015 and I, I, I worked for a 
satellite telecommunications company. So this was very much more about uh, a specific area of, of the satellite industry, looking at uh, how uh, you can use satellites to communicate, for instance, in rural areas and things like this. So, uh, so I was working with this company then for four, just uh, around four years. And then in October last year, I, I made the decision to go it alone. I, I started my own uh, consultancy company, uh, Space Professionals, uh, an independent uh, space consultancy, basically providing support, business development support, strategic support, different elements of uh, assistance, let's call it commercial and technical assistance into the, into the space industry. Uh, I'm based in, in Cornwall, as, as, as you are. I'm based uh, in Truro, so there's uh, quite a lot of interesting activity down here in the space sector. And I'm also involved in, in a few other things as well. And, uh, and specifically, one of the roles I've got right now is, is the uh, Southwest Ambassador for the European Space Agency's Business Applications Programme. So uh, that's one thing I think we can we can talk a little bit more about as well, I think, because uh, that's quite, quite interesting. It's a, it's a role that, that I have where I signpost businesses to funding with the European Space Agency. So how they can access potential funding to uh, to develop, you know, concepts and applications that use satellite data. I think people listening to this and with, like myself, you know, um, trying to get our heads around the, the link between space and business right now so is that when you talk about you know the funding that you've got available you talked about data access things like that is that is that how a business can get involved in space yeah you'd be surprised i mean there's there's so many different um ways that businesses use satellite data because satellite data is is all over the place you know i mean for instance you know satellite navigation so location information so many businesses rely on location information and uh, you know and access to, to to gps receivers for instance as an example so i, I give you some really simple examples strava for instance we both know and love strava because we we both use it for running and that the the saying that uh, if, if it isn't on strava it didn't happen <laughs> but that that if you look at it as a business completely relies on satellite data Okay, so when you go out for your run, your GPS receiver, your navigation-based uh, receiver, stores the the information of your your run and your 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 the location that that you you're on, and that information is coming from satellites. So you could consider Strava as a satellite-based business. You know, uh, another example, Uber, exactly the same. It relies on nav you know and navigation data for for its for its business concept. If I'm if I've got a plan for a business which has the kind of you know the technology that Uber and Strava have, then I really need to be talking to you. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And and navigation is only one element. I mean, if you think about the different types of let's say satellite-based data there is and satellite assets there are. I mean, I'll just go through them. So of course you've got satellite navigation, which we just spoke about, and everybody knows what what. GPS is it's it's in our it's embedded in our daily lives and it's been it's used in all different ways you know in in activities around the world you know from shipping to railways to cars you know you name it somehow satellite navigation is based so that's one area I think uh, 
weather is another so weather applications obviously also use satellite uh, data to receive that weather information and then you've got general earth observation and imagery of you know of the earth and and, and applications that use geo information i think that's another uh, example so flooding for instance and monitoring of flooding modern monitoring of uh, coastal erosion things like this all use uh, satellite data earth observation data and then you can also consider satellite communications, which is an area I've worked in over the last few years. So there, for instance, you could have uh, situations where you've got very rural or remote scenarios, a, a business or a, a, an activity where you haven't got very good connectivity. And of course, you can use satellite connectivity then because one advantage of satellite connectivity is uh, it doesn't matter where you are, as long as you can see the sky and see the... <laughs> And, and, and point an antenna up into a particular region of the, of, the, of the sky, then you can get communications. So there are a variety, a huge variety of different applications that use uh, satellite data. And I think the, the, the idea here of, of the particular activity I'm, I'm supporting is if it's a business, if it's got uh, an idea, you know and it's and that idea has got real business legs you know there's a there's a gap in the market they can see there's a real user need then uh they potentially could apply for funding with esa if if uh they're, they're using satellite assets i mean basically it's got to fit two criteria the first criteria is there is a a, a viable business need and the second criteria is it uses some sort of satellite asset and if that's the case, then potentially they could apply for uh, European Space Agency funding. And that funding is typically around 50% funding. So they'd need to find what we call match funding to yeah. support that 50%. But the good news is, is that is uh, zero equity funding. So this means that that uh, funding is provided without a requirement to provide back intellectual property. Yeah, so... Uh, so once you get through the hurdles of, uh, of applying for that funding, if you get that money, then yeah, that's great news. You know, it's 50% funding at zero equity. And, and without, you know, breaking any business confidences or anything, but are you seeing uh, a mix of traditional businesses looking for a new, a, a new market? Are you seeing startup innovation businesses coming to you with kind of almost thinking, wow, I never even thought of that idea, but that sounds good, you know. I mean, you must be getting some very exciting things across your desk on that front, don't you? Yeah, yes, and, and, and the answer is both. I mean, for sure, there's startups that are looking for great new ideas that are using a particular satellite asset or a combination of satellite assets. So, you know, for instance, using navigation and satellite communication is, as an example, and there's startups thinking, oh, you know, I've got this whizzy great new idea with it, and we see there's a there's a gap in the market for this idea. And then there's traditional businesses that have been around a while. They're pushing a new product, and uh, they they're looking for some funding to support the, the the rollout of that product and to and to get the buy-in from potential customers. And you know, Andy, in the during lockdown in the last eight weeks, certainly in the UK, we've all got, as as we are doing now, we're recording this on Zoom, so. Does, does this kind of communication, does that fall into the satellite sphere as well? You know, it, it would do for scenarios because what we're doing now, we're communicating over the internet uh, via whatever medium it is. And of course, we need to rely on a, a good solid internet connection. And now if you're in the middle of nowhere, 
and you don't have that solid internet connection because you and I, we're both using probably um, fixed terrestrial uh, broadband. You know, we've both probably got super fast broadband uh, in our houses and we're relying on, on, on that to, to do this communication. But there is certain scenarios where that isn't available. I mean, luckily, I would say in the UK, we're reasonably okay in terms of broadband coverage. Now, there's going to be certain people that scream their head off saying, no, we aren't. <laughs> but I'm comparing us against the likes of Africa, you know. So if you compare us with the likes of places in Kenya or in Tanzania or places like this, where, where the, let's say, the, you know, the, the fiber infrastructure and the mobile infrastructure is, is pretty lousy, uh, then we're, we're pretty okay because our mobile infrastructure, our 4G infrastructure is pretty okay. And our terrestrial, you know, our, our, our fixed line uh, infrastructure is not too bad. Now, there's definitely locations where that just isn't the case across the UK. I mean, if, of course, here in the southwest in Cornwall, that's clearly the case. There's plenty, there are places here where there isn't good communication. And that is then where satellite communication can come in. And, and can be uh, a useful uh, asset because it can provide that link and provide that communication. I mean, the only issue with satellite is there's a latency because of the distance uh, to traditional satellite uh, communication, uh, well, communication satellites. Uh, there's a lag of about half a second. So, uh, so if we were to have this conversation, there would be a slight lag if you're using satellite communications. But there's new technologies coming along that are looking to reduce that, um, looking to bring satellites into lower or orbit. Probably heard of uh, SpaceX. Yeah, uh, this, I was uh, going to ask you about this because this is the Elon Musk thing. And we yeah. kind of saw a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? In the yeah, the Starlink chain. So this is, a, uh, <laughs> this is basically a, a constellation of satellites that Starlink are putting up. But they're putting up into low Earth orbit. So um, if I just step back a moment, traditionally, satellite communications is done using geostationary satellites. So these are satellites that are 36,000 kilometers up in space. And they're that distance because they uh, travel around the Earth uh, and they orbit the Earth every 24 hours, just the same as the Earth does. So what this means is that those satellites stay fixed in location generally above, you know, so, so if you look at the equator, you look out from the equator, 36,000 kilometers, you at that geostationary orbit and you're you know, you, you follow that satellite around. And that's very useful because you can uh, um, communicate with that um, satellite uh, from a fixed ground station. Yeah. So that's all. That's that's very useful. And that's why traditionally communications has been using those sorts of satellites out to that distance. But the problem with that is there's a latency because the, the signal, you know, that goes from the ground up to the satellite and back again, you know, that round trip, that's 36,000 kilometers up, that's 36,000 kilometers back down. That's a whole lot long journey. And it takes, you know, even at the speed of light, takes, um, yeah, about 0.6 of a second for that to happen. So that is why you get that slight delay. Now, what uh, the new technology is looking at is looking at bringing uh, satellites down to a low Earth orbit. So this is, you know, just a few hundred kilometers above the Earth. And of course, that significantly reduces that latency. Yeah. And so then, you know, you, you, you can then have a very similar conversation to what we're having now 
through satellite. So wow. that is the scenario. I mean, the, the difference is, is you can't do it with one satellite because it, it whizzes uh, around its orbit every 90 minutes. And so therefore it doesn't stay. If, you, if you're standing where you are now and look up at the sky, it whizzes across as you may have seen a, a few weeks ago. You know, it doesn't stay stationary above yeah. the sky like a, like a geostationary satellite. So this means the infrastructure you need to support that is much more complicated. You need a network of ground stations to communicate with those satellites. You know, uh, on the ground, you need to be able to see several satellites uh, at the same time. So it's a, it's a bit more of a complicated uh, scenario. But in the future, that, you know, it, that could be very viable. This could be a very viable way of, uh, of communication. might sound a stupid question but um <laughs> if i mean if i'm if i'm the next elon musk and i want to get into this do i rent some space in space i mean who owns it who, or, or do i just do i just fire up my satellite because there's loads of you know there's loads of space in space and i just go oh, with yeah. it. oh if only yeah no there's a there's there's a there's a body itu i'm trying to remember what it what it stands for uh but okay so basically so there is a licensing process that you go through right. now each country deals with this in a different way but basically yeah you go through a licensing there's a regulatory process that uh, you have to follow so uh, for sure you need to have a, a license to be able to do, you can't just go ahead and do it willy-nilly you need to go through a process a regulation process and get a specific license so if yeah. businesses, businesses Andy are interested in talking to you about funding how does that happen what do they need to do yeah, so I mean, across the UK, uh, we have a network of uh, what we call ambassadors. I'm I'm the ambassador for the Southwest, so I cover Cornwall, Devon, Dorset, uh, Somerset, up to Bristol. You know, so that's the area I cover, and I cover also South Wales, so the across South Wales as well. So through um, Newport, Swansea, uh, Cardiff, my hometown, well, my home city, I should say, Cardiff. Uh, and right across the south, but there's a network of ambassadors that support the, the whole the whole country. So probably the best bet is to go to the to the website business.esa.int. That website then can direct you to that ambassador network, and then you can see which is your relevant uh, contact point. You know, depending on which part of the country you are, and then you can inquire and find out about a potential ESA, ESA funding. Uh, like, like I say, if you hit those two, those two main criteria, which is you've got an idea which has got a real business need. It, it's not about R&D. I think that's an important point there. It's not about research and development. It's about you having a real business, a, a viable business, business case with a, with a, you know, a, a, a user need and yeah. you can show that there's a gap in the market that's number one criteria and the second criteria is your idea uses some sort of satellite asset be it satellite communications navigation weather earth observation that's the main uh, point and how do you i mean you've been in the sector a long time already as you say how do you see it you know going forward next five or ten years do you think there'll be lots of stuff going on that you know no one's even thought about yet yeah, well, first thing to say is that the, the space industry is, seems to be very resilient to change. And, and, and even, even under the current you know, circumstances with, uh, with the pandemic, 
there there has been cases where there's companies that have struggled for sure and there has been cases where companies have gone under there's no doubt about it but generally that the the industry is pretty resilient and it's a it is a growth industry so it's is growing as an industry and, and government realize this as well they're starting a, a national uh, space program within the uk where they're looking to to really invest in in the space uh, industry w within the uk so i think that's uh, that's a good point and i think there will be growth across various elements i mean one area that i'm quite uh, <laughs> i'm quite interested in and uh, we we sort of alluded to it and that is one issue we have is is constellations of satellites going up uh, into orbit and this is creating you know, a, a lot of satellites going up. If you look at the last 50, 60 years, you see the growth in the number of satellites that are going into orbit is pretty, pretty astounding, you know. Now, space is a very large <laughs> space. <laughs> it's huge. But we, we as a, we, we, we as, the, as, a, as humans should, should be looking after it, especially in the, in the, in the environment, you know, near the earth. I mean, you know, we're, we're just throwing satellites up and there needs to be a, you know, a plan, you know, a, across all nations to make sure we keep that, keep, keep the environment around space uh, clean, not only on Earth, but outer Earth as well. Yeah. So I think that is a big area. And uh, one of the companies I'm, I'm involved in at the moment is a company called Astroscale, and they're looking at this. They're looking at uh, growing, you know, their business around cleaning space, which I think is a fantastic idea. You know, looking at opportunities for sensible ways to bring down satellites. I mean, when you have low Earth orbiting satellites that are down at very low orbits, they do degrade naturally. So the drag of the Earth slowly but surely uh, pulls them down let's say yeah so you've got that atmospheric drag because even out uh, at low earth orbit you know a couple of hundred uh, kilometers above the earth there's still that drag coming from the atmosphere and so that slowly but surely pulls down the satellite so over time they will then come down and burn up in the atmosphere so for instance the spacex uh, satellites are a pretty low orbit you know they're they're at a low orbit and so they can be you know just lowered down and then burnt up in the atmosphere and then they've gone but you know there's other satellites that are a little bit higher up that need more let's say effective management in the way that they're they're cleaned up and so you know concepts where you have a, a service of satellite some sort of satellite that goes up and connects to the the old satellite or the debris or whatever it is and then just bring it down and burn it up in the atmosphere that sort of idea so yeah. different methods to uh to clean up the uh the the environment in space and i think this area is one area i think will will grow in the in the, in the coming years i mean for sure there's growth in all those other areas we spoke about because you know there there is there's a need for satellite data because it's very useful you know satellite navigation earth observation communications all of those things i thought I talked about there's a need but i think there's going to be new satellite markets coming along such as you know um like we called it there uh, space debris removal yeah wow i mean i'm, <laughs> I'm sure there's <laughs> someone listening to this podcast thinking right i could do that i could be the space debris removal man yeah i'll get up yeah, there, and well, yeah, there, is, there is there is like i mentioned there's folk doing that but there's yeah there's 
that as a, as an industry, there's there's no doubt about it. As a growing industry, it's a very very interesting industry. And I think one other point to make as well, which is a real, I think, a, gr a great one to make, and that is the people who tend to work in the industry tend to have a passion for for space. You know, ev everybody that works in in the industry are all space cadets, <laughs> like me. <laughs> and, and because of that, it's it's a, it's it's nearly unique in it in the way that you know the people who work in the industry are very passionate about the industry they work in. There's not many industries out there that are that are like that. Maybe Formula One. I think uh, you know there's a few that are probably there, but you know there's a real passion in the people that work in that environment. Fantastic. Which is nice. Clearly, you are very passionate about space. Now, if people want to get hold of you in your wearing your space professionals hat for you know commercial or technical assistance, how do they do that? Yeah, so uh, best is to either go to my website or email me. The website's www.space-professionals.com, uh, and my email is andy.williams at space-professionals.com. So okay. that's, uh, that's a nice. Great and, and, they, and if they're based in the southwest and they're interested in the in the ESA business applications funding, then yeah, they can get in touch with me di directly. Yeah, great stuff. Well, this is the first time in a you know this is episode I think 112 of the, of the Sales and Presentations podcast, and it's the first time we've talked about anything above the Earth's surface. So fantastic. <laughs> so really, really, really good. So thank you very much for coming on the show, Andy. I wish you all the best with your, your further adventures. And my, my final question, of course, is that have you ever been into space? Do you, would you like to go into space? Oh, wow. I, I think within our lifetime, I think it will be possible for sure to, to go into space. I mean, one thing we even haven't mentioned here is Spaceport Cornwall. I mean, for instance, there they're already looking at um, doing, you know, uh, launching satellites in into space, uh, and I think that's a it's a great opportunity down here in in Cornwall, and that could even start that launching satellites into space could even start within uh, by the end of 2021, early 2022, you know, because. Um, they're working with Virgin Orbit. Uh, Virgin Orbit are all guns are blazing. Even through the the COVID crisis, they're still uh, on schedule, and so they're 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 planning to go ahead with their launch in the US uh, this year. And uh, so I think there could be launches from the UK. I, I mean, that's just for satellites uh, within within the within the coming couple of years, which is fantastic. And then in terms of actually putting people into space, I think that's still. Uh, still a reasonable way off but I think it will happen within our lifetime whether I personally would want to go up there um, I think once I know it was reasonably risk-free I, I would consider it yeah right now definitely not I, I think it's for the for the astronauts and the, and the guys that are, that are, that are keen on doing it even Tom Cruise I've, I've heard now Tom Cruise is going to be going up and making a film up on the uh, space station which is fantastic but yeah I don't think I'd, I'd, I'd not be doing that just now personally but yeah I would say within our lifetime I think there's a very good chance of, uh, of us being able to, to do it within a within a sensible cost uh, envelope Andy, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. Thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, you're welcome, Trevor. And uh, yeah, I hope to go running with you soon. I hope, hope we're able to do that soon. Look forward to it. Well, I hope that's given you some food for thought. Could you be the next Uber? Could you be the next Strava? You know, GPS communication, weather applications, earth imagery, satellite communications. If you've got a business idea that could link into any of those, then, well, there's some funding available for you. So talk to Andy. Um, and you know, make yours a space business. Wow. <laughs>
So I'm busily thinking, how do I how do I get into the space business now? But anyway, there we go. So great podcast. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Andy. Really interesting stuff. Now, don't forget that um, go to my website, trevorleemedia.co.uk. Right now, you can get the benefit of my Sharpening Your Business Skills series. I've got eight voiceover videos about sales and eight about presentation skills. They're all designed to help you upskill right now, especially if you're in lockdown situation. So I hope they're going to be useful for you. And don't forget, um, also, the podcasts are going out on YouTube as well. So if you want to watch some of those rather than listen to them, great. And if you did enjoy the podcast, please do leave a review on your podcast app. That would be fantastic. And it gives me motivation to keep going for another 112 episodes. Thanks for listening.